I think the biggest thing that's changed me and changed my thinking and changed my perception of myself have been in books that I've had the courage to dive into and, and really chew on. I'm Brian Kramer. I believe that one of the most valuable gifts you can give yourself is making smaller shifts. It's the small shifts in our lives that can create epic outcomes. Your journey to be more deeply connected into the life you truly deserve starts right now. Welcome to Humanly Possible, a podcast focused on small shifts that can make an epic difference in our lives and at work. I am so so, so excited to, I say this every time because I love the people that I get to interview, but I know Angus, I don't know, for many years now, I think I can say, and Angus Nelson is um, a friend, a brother, a uh, a thoughtful, inquisitive person. It sounds like I'm actually proposing, but he has a wonderful wife, so as do I. Um, I really think the world of Angus. Um, he is a, he's a man on a mission. He is here to help an ambitious men find a life of meaning and purpose and free from the constraints of limitations imposed by others or yourself. And he helps men create lives that they've always wanted. Um, that's not all he does. That's not all he's done. And I could probably give an entire TED talk on his entire life if I wanted to, but that's what this podcast is for. And so um, we're going to talk about those shifts. Angus, thank you so much for being here. I am really excited to be here. As I told you, like when we first got on the call, I've been looking forward all day just to kind of hang out because we've had some good times together and watching our journeys and the things that you and I have, have, have tackled and gotten ourselves into um, in personal growth and building businesses and shifting and pivoting and all the things. Dude, I have such a kindred spirit with you and um, it's, a, it's a joy to be here, brother. Yeah. Yeah. Pivoting and shifting, shifting and pivoting. Oh my. Um, there's all that. And we've done that and we've done it together in lots of different ways and lots of conversations and lots of drinks at the tops of like ho hotels in New York and uh, Nashville and all kinds of fun conversations yeah, everywhere. So I've been all sorts of places. Yeah. So I just want to jump right in and, um, you know, let everyone else who doesn't know uh, who you are learn through some of the things that I know you share so brilliant, brilliantly, say that 10 times. And, um, and by asking you, what's one small thing that, what's one thing that felt small at the time, but ended up being a big shift for you? Uh, you know, this that one thing about, you know, growing up and going to school is this learning to read. And, you know, reading is, you know, fundamental, as they say, when we were kids in the old, you know, Saturday morning cartoons. But there's this element of transforming your life. When you start reading the right things, on one hand, you can be creative, you can be a storyteller, but on a completely different segment is it shifts the way you see the world. And so I think the biggest thing that's changed me and changed my thinking and changed my perception of myself have been in books that I've had the courage to dive into and and really chew on. Anything in particular that jumps out for you that made a, a small shift that really shifted the way you approach life or it even at the time it, it moved things that um, you didn't even realize it, but now looking back, Oh my God, what, what an, a crazy thing that ended up being. Yeah. So 
obviously, you know, being in school, whatever, we read lots of books. But when I went through my divorce, uh, 2003, uh, it was that year before the actual divorce. So I think that, yeah, the summer of 2003, I read this book. I, I went to go see a counselor um, because I was jacked up. I had run a business and ran into the ground out of my own pride and ego, narcissism, fell into addiction, um, started with pornography. The guilt of that took me to alcohol. And then I started sleeping around. And in short order, I blew up my business. I blew up my marriage and I blew up my self-worth. And so here I was trying to put my life back together. And um, I finally went to go see a counselor. And I always thought people who see therapists, people who see counselors, like you got to be really crazy, you know, to go see somebody to get help. Because I believe the myth that we all believe is that we can do it alone. I finally had the courage to go see a counselor and it was the best thing I ever could do. And he handed me a book called Wild at Heart by an author named John Eldridge. And in the book, it, it, it uses the power of story and narrative to have us discover ourselves that a man requires a, a few things in life. One is a princess to rescue, a battle to win, and a journey to adventure. And that was like the beginning stages of me on my own recreation was to understand like there were things in me that were driving me in pursuit of things that were outside of me. But the things I was actually looking for were altogether the opposite. They were inside me. And that was kind of the beginning of my discovery. Wow. Wow. When you say inside of you, what was the shift like that you were able to identify that one of those things? Um, I'm glad you identified one of those things. Um, I'll tell you the the biggest one was I was always angry. Um, and... I never knew why. I always had this like undercurrent of just, I'm pissed off at the world, you know, and that expressed itself in different ways, whether it was me being radically crazy and loud and rambunctious at a party, or it would be in me being um, self-destructive and self-sabotaging in other areas, like the anger would express itself in that spectrum. What I learned is that I always believed that the anger was my fuel, that it was my driver. Like if I just stay angry, I can like get shit done. And what I've learned is like the anger is actually a, a mask of grief and sadness. And there were elements in my story that I was either putting pressure on myself or believing these masculine ma- myths, as I call them. And so I was masking that with these other elements. But in this, in doing so, I lost kind of like who I was. And I was putting on a mask and trying to pretend to be something I wasn't. And I was grieving the fact that people couldn't just accept me for who I was. And most of all, myself, I couldn't look in the mirror and love me. So I would just rather fill myself with self-hate. And that was this sadness and grief that once I connected the dots, like, I don't want to be sad anymore. You know, I don't want to grieve what I think I ought to have or what I think I, you know, could be able to do instead just reversing that and saying, what does this make possible? What, 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 what would be different if I actually loved me? What would be different if I actually had joy? What would be different? And I followed the line of that continuum and it slowly started to like crack the armor in my hardened heart. Oh my gosh. So that's so when you when you hear the the arc of 
that and what you went through, it feels like um, like you're a totally different person. Yeah, I, I tell my wife if you if you met me back then, you would never even date me. Like I yeah. was not. I was not my wife's cup of tea. In fact, I mean, if we're really honest, I probably wasn't her cup of tea when she did meet me. Uh, but she helped. She helped lovingly caress me into the man that I've become. Um, but yeah, it was like I, I am not the man that I was. I have like, l- let's be honest. Like I had other qualities. You know, like I've always been this charismatic, energetic, you know, out in front kind of guy. But it's now fueled with a quiet confidence. It's now fueled with I'm not seeking validation from other people through this energy. It's the opposite. Now I have so much inside of me that is an abundance and an overflow. So now I can be loud and fun and you know this passionate uh, people person because I'm coming from this place of supply, coming from this place of source. And that's the thing is, again, like I said, is like oftentimes in, and this is not a masculine trait exclusively. It's not men exclusively. This is everybody. We always think like, we're, if I get this thing, it's going to give me some other thing. Like, you know, when I get this car, when I get this job, when I get this income, when I, then, then I'll be happy. But it's like this pursuit of something that's always outside of ourselves, thinking like, if I get that, then I'll be happy. I'll be fulfilled. I'll be, you know, fill in the blank. And so I like to say, well, what if you just shortcut to the thing behind the thing? What if you just got happy today? What if you just chose to be fulfilled today? Like what a difference that could make if now the pursuits or the achievements that I'm doing now are coming from that place of happy. And people love to be around happy people. People love to engage with happiness. And it becomes contagious. Like, I just would rather be happy. And now the things that I do produce those results. But I'm not in pursuit of manipulating or manufacturing something to get it. It's now a natural and effortless byproduct of who I am. And thank you for coming to Humanly Possible. Uh, this podcast is wonderful. I'm glad you could all join us. Um, I'm kidding. That, that was um Wow. Uh, when you say, use words like effortless, um, it, it, it certainly doesn't come without its um, Kilimanjaros. Um, you know, there, there's ups and downs to life. Um, and and so the, the effortless part I hear and waking up happy every day is is certainly a choice. And I so wonderfully accept that um exactly with what you're saying um and uh when things hit outside things uh into our lives um how do you see those shifts um as they come in um the outside things the things that are um prompting and 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 pushing and 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 creating little minor chaoses or little like hey i'm over here I'm over here. Where where are you at on that? So I I believe in paradox and polarity. So the paradox is like when something happens to you, oftentimes what we don't realize is we're creating and attracting our own reality. So if we look at ourselves from this energetic state, and I'll get a little woo on you, 
I know you you get this. It's it's like how you see yourself, your personal identity attracts different sort of things because your brain loves validation and equilibrium. Your brain loves to like experience the way it believes about itself. And so your identity, the way you see you, the stories you've told yourselves, the truth and beliefs you've created around yourself are now providing opportunity and fodder for your brain to go and say, hey, let me attract or create the opportunities, the relationships, the people that will make me feel the way I believe I should feel. So if you're in this place of chaos, you can actually attract more chaos. So if you're dating someone, it's like you're dating the same person over and over again with just a different face. You're like, why am I always dating these same people? It's like you're attracting your favorite pain, right? So here's the duality. The other side is, what if you don't take things that happen to you in your life as personal? When something happens, it's like, oh, the light, you know, the world's trying to like, it's got it out for me. And, you know, Tony Robbins always says that life happens for me, not to me. And so now you've like shed that victim mentality. So when things go awry, things go sideways, you have to see it from a different perspective. And so here's where I put these two together in this paradox is if you look at the way you believe about yourself as like a box, like I, I know you can't see this at home, but just kind of take your fingers and make them, you know, kind of rectangles and put them together. Like that's your box. That's what you believe about you. <clears throat> and anything that's outside of that box is new, is different, is strange, can be scary. And yet that's what we all have to quest through to grow. In the same way that a seed pushes through soil, it's like we have to go through some stuff to get to some stuff. And what that is, is resistance and subconscious. The things that try to keep you in your box are doing so because they want to keep you safe. The perception is if you go outside of what we know, something might happen. And through the millennium that we have all lived in our little evolved state, <clears throat> traditionally, we know that if we do anything outside of the community, outside of the tribe, outside of whatever, we're at risk. If we didn't fit in with everyone else, we could be rejected, we could be cast out, we could be you know, thrown out of the tribe. And so there's always this thing in our head that says we should stay within the box. And yet... When we start down this personal growth path, path and we start to step outside of that, it's as if all the universe is trying to stuff you back in your box and you have to like choose. Is this who I want to be or am I going to retreat back to where I came from? So two examples of that would be from the Hebrew uh, tradition. The Hebrews, when the Israelites left um, Egypt, Pharaoh and his armies like, get out of here. You've you know, brought in all these plagues. We don't want you. Out you go. And here the Israelites are leaving. Moses set my people free. Off they go. Three days into the desert, the, the, the text says, have you brought us out here to die, Moses? We don't know where we're going to sleep. And, and the sun is beating down and, and the night is cold and we don't have any food. Like, we're going to die. Wouldn't it be better if we just went back to Egypt? At least we know where we get taken care of and, and we get fed. 
And this is like our human nature. We always want to go back to what we know, even if it's chaos, even if it's detrimental. And so when you come out of you know trial, trials and, and tribulations of time, you have to get to see the promised land. And the story goes on that they had to let an entire generation of people die off before they could actually go in the promised land because their belief systems were so jacked up. And in many ways, that's a metaphor for our own lives is we're in the state whenever we come against resistance, it's an opportunity for you to normalize at a new state. And so you operate at this new frequency and this new vibe and what once was your ceiling now becomes your floor. And once you start understanding this, it's like every time I come up against resistance, every time I come up against something that isn't going quite the way I think it should, I have to check myself and say, what is it about my belief system that's being called up? What is it about my transformation of self that I need to give permission to? What part of my greatness am I limiting because I'm in a freaked out state right now? And now all of a sudden, growth can happen because I release taking it personally and seeing it as an opportunity to learn a lesson, to gain an advantage for my future. And so if you just do that, then you'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, In many ways, yes, absolutely. And here's the other part. There are other things that you have no control over. A family member passes, right? Yeah. And you've, you just recently went through a flood, uh, at your house. You had no, no control over that. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, and I loved, I, I got a text back from you and I think you said that like all these people showed up from a church or something like that to help you. And it was just like, wow, that amazing how people came together. We had a church showed up. We had a number of different nonprofits. And, you know, I'm the guy, so interesting. So we couldn't control the flood. I tell my clients to ask yourself, what does this make possible? That's really hard when you're under a lot of stress and pain. And yet I found myself checking myself, like, what does this make possible? What does this make possible? So I was asking that for myself. like. Okay, so now I can put some garage door openers on two of the garage doors that are just got washed out. Okay, cool. I can, you know, reshape and reorganize the way the garage is. Cool. I can. Then there was this second part that was completely out of left field for me learning how to receive. I was, my wife, both of us, like, we're the kinds of people that show up. We're the people who write the check, we're the kind of people who bake the dinner. Like that's what we do. That's who we are. Being on the other side when hundreds of people gave us money and it ended up being like $24,000 to cover all of our costs, which actually covered like almost everything. So like the whole thing is just like what just happened. Just super natural cool. And people brought dinners. And people help move stuff, help throw things out, help reconstruct. And like, I could get really emotional at just seeing this outpouring of love and support and generosity. And to be able to stand back and receive that, I had to learn a new skill. Like, 
to be humble also means to receive and to understand like, I don't have to be the hero anymore. Right now I can be the patient and I can let love me. I, I might add to that and that you had another superpower that whether you've had it or not, it was that you were able to ask for help. Um, and that's that's another challenge I know that a lot of people uh, struggle with, including, you know, myself. Um, asking for help is not a uh, is not a weakness, and um, and that is it's a strength. And not only is it something that people uh, that you did, uh, also um, it's a it's a testament to who you both are and how everyone showed up. So, um, you know, I don't want to uh, pass that by and saying, you know, you are both wonderful people. And um, that that goes to say, you know, you know, how you show up in this world does matter. Um, now that you've been through all these little shifts and changes and life things um, that we've just even barely scratched the surface on and talked about um what's what's now what's happening for you now and what's next um so you know i started coaching um about three and a half four years ago because um when you and i first met i had been running this association for, around innovation so i had fortune 500 brands i've got these people who you know, went to the best schools or making this great money, working at companies like you'd give your left arm for. And so many of them were miserable, just miserable. And so I'd be on calls, you know, talking to them about life. And, and I didn't realize like it was coaching at the time. I just thought, you know, I'm just being a cheerleader. And somebody had given me a book or told me to pick up a book called uh, Prosperous Coach. And so I gave it a read. And this is in 2016. And I'm like, man, I'm, this is a thing. Like, that might have been me. May, it might have been, actually. I love that book. I, I yell yeah. it off the rooftops. But I, anyway, sorry. <laughs> Keep going. And well, you and I were talking um, a couple of years before that um, when I was starting my podcast, Up In Your Business. And that was kind of like the catalyst of my discovery being in that world was up in your business was talking about this mental and emotional realm too. And so I was already starting on this path and I didn't connect the dots. And then, um, so flash forward, um, I said, well, I'm, I'm just going to start coaching. And, you know, like all of us, I didn't know how to charge. I didn't know how to value my worth. And so I started off, you know, at like $350 for a month of count, you know, of coaching, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you need a lot of clients to make a real living doing that. And I finally got my own coach and started um, fast tracking my growth and my speed of actually building a real thing. And then I got another coach for a different area of my business and then another coach for a different area. Like these coaches somewhere around my mindset, I had another coach about the business and it's shaping and it's practice. I got another one for sales. And so I started assembling like a team of people that were speaking into my life. And I was just like, go, 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 let's grow. And now um, as of the pandemic, um, I said, well, I'm going to leave my job. I had a day job. And do this coaching full time. So April was the day that I was supposed to get, or the when I was supposed to get my uh, commission check. And I'm like, I'm going to quit. This is it. And then the pandemic 
was going on. And I'm like, well, I don't know about that. Well, I'm going to stick around a little bit longer. I need my safety net. And then I said, oh, the next one will be the next quarter in July. Here we go. In July, still pandemic. Now everything's shut down. Everything is like ice cold. I'm not going anywhere. I'll be good. And then October came and I was like, all right, maybe in October. And before that, that date actually hit, I got a phone call and said, hey, we want to put a meeting together. Meet us on Zoom tomorrow at whatever time. And they let me go. And they said, we're closing down our outbound sales and um, nothing personal, but you know the, the season we're in right now. It's like, well, heck. For about 24 hours, I felt rejected because I wanted to leave on my terms. And then I realized this is a divine storm. I just got a permission slip. And I'd already built up this clientele base. I went full force into it and I've never looked back. Sewing into men's lives and seeing them transform, you know, whether they're running a multi million dollar business or a soon to be multi million dollar business helping them like pull themselves out of the matrix and the mess that they've created around themselves and to see life for what it could really be. And um, I love it. I'm gonna, and the next part of your question is, you know, where are we going with this is I'm stacking it into a curriculum so I can meet more people's needs and building momentum because I'm a one-man army in the context of, you know, serving men. So now I'm building it into a system that, I can meet even more men's needs through group coaching. And I'm super freaking excited about it. That's awesome. Where can everyone find you? And is there, uh, you know, any, anything that, um, that, yeah, where, where can everyone find you? You can find me, uh, angusnelson.com um, is the most popular place. And then if you want to follow like my content, you can just go to my, my Instagram page at angusnelson. And then the third piece is the manhood matrix. That's this alignment tool. Like I said, plucking men out of the matrix and giving them an understanding of where they are in their process. You can find that at manhoodmatrix.co, just C-O. Wonderful. We're going to put that also in the show notes so everybody can uh, click on it and uh, get the matrix. And I'm going to go do that too, because that sounds phenomenal. Um, Angus... It always goes too fast. We're going to have to do this again sometime and we're going to have to do it in person. Um, and uh, love you so much. Thank you so much for always sharing all of you and being totally transparent and giving everyone a taste of what it's like to be Angus Nelson. You're, you're a phenomenal human being. Well, thank you, Brian. I feel the exact same about you and Courtney. I love you guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you love this episode, please subscribe. We love having subscribers just like you. Download a few more episodes. And if you feel moved, we would so appreciate a review. I'd love to also hear your key takeaway. What impacted you from this episode? You can tweet me your answer and reach out on Twitter at Brian Kramer. That's Brian with a Y, Kramer with a K. And definitely be sure to join us in our Facebook group. We have just under 3,000 humans just like you and me looking to connect even more imperfectly. Until next time.